How you guys doing? I said, how you guys doing? Good, good. So glad to see all you pretty faces in here today. You probably didn't get a lot, lot of sleep. Some of you looking a little ugly, but it's all right. God loves you still. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're all looking good, looking good this morning. Well, we still got a little people filtering in, but let's go ahead and pray and, and kick this off. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for this time that we could gather together in your name. I thank you that, you, that your word says where two or more are gathered in your name, you are in the midst. I thank you that you're here today, God, that you're moving among these students, that you're speaking to them during these three days. And I pray that you would do exactly that right now, that you would speak to them, that you begin to talk to them, that as I speak, Holy Spirit, you speak and uh, move in their lives. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Everybody that agreed said, amen. Amen. Well, uh, I just, I'm, I want to start off today with you and just tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Keith Knoll. I'm a youth pastor in Amarillo, Texas at Path Point Fellowship Church. Yeah, go youth pastors, right? Um, I have one kid and I have one wife. Praise God. No, that was a joke. I'm so glad y'all got that. All right, y'all are, y'all are already paying attention. Um, no, I have a little boy named Jackson. He's two years old. He's a showstopper. All right, he's a little cutie. Uh, my wife is absolutely beautiful. I'm married up. So that's how you do it, guys. Marry someone better looking than you if you can pull it off. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, other than that, I love Jesus. That is who I am. I'm a Jesus follower. I have a, a yeah, yeah, give him praise. <clears throat> you know, I got saved when I was in the seventh grade, and I've been pursuing God ever since. He, uh, he is my all in all. He is the, the reason that I breathe, the reason that I live, and uh, I just absolutely love him. And so for those of you who watch Duck Dynasty, Jesus makes me... Jesus makes me happy, happy, happy. All right. Uh, d- just to let you know this too, before, you know, David sort of shared this with you, but uh, before I was a youth pastor, I was a professional football player in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played in the NFL for two years. Um, in 2009, I played with the St. Louis Rams. And then in 2010, I spent some time with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers. And so, uh, you know, as you can imagine, the NFL was absolutely awesome. Um, it was a great moment in my life. And that's exactly some of the stories that I'm going to share with you um, this morning. I'm going to share, share with you some stories about life in the NFL. Uh, but before I get to all that, I realized today that you came to this class because it was about consecration. You see, consecration is all about dedication. It's, it's a life that is sold out for God. It's a life that's set apart and dedicated to following him. Some of you are here maybe because you wanted to hear a guy from the NFL talk. Maybe you're here because you want to know more about living a life dedicated to him. Whatever the reason you're here today, I believe God's going to speak to you. I believe that God is going to show you something that maybe you've never seen before. 
I believe that a lot of you are here today and at this conference because you do want to live a life dedicated to him. You just might not necessarily know how. You want to know more about it. And uh, that's what I'm going to share with you today. And so with that being said, I want to start off and ask you this question. Have you ever wondered, have you ever worried if you made the decision to really truly follow God that you'd miss out on something? Have you ever wondered that you're going to miss out on all the fun things that everyone else gets to do if you live a life consecrated to God? That you'd miss out on the partying. That you'd miss out on the sleeping around. Can I be real with you today? That you'd miss out on all the things that everyone else gets to do besides you. Have you ever asked that question? You see, I would venture to say that almost 100% of you in here today have asked that question. Because you know what? I have. I did. I wondered if really living a life for God was truly worth it. You know, to miss out on all those things that everyone else gets to do, that's a big deal. To try and live a life that is so opposite of the way that all my friends live their life, that's pretty hard to do. Is God really worth it? Is a relationship with him worth following? Well, I want to answer that question today. And I want to do it by telling you my story. Um, you see, growing up, uh, you know, in a, in a small town of Lampasas, Texas, you know, a small foray school there, uh, I grew up and I was the typical jock, okay? Um, I love sports. Uh, in high school, I played basketball and football. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I was good at both of them. Um, I was a starting quarterback on the football team. I was the best player on the basketball team. And, you know, uh, my, my story's a little bit different than David's. I was the popular one in school. No offense to David. You're not in here, I don't think, but no offense to him. Um, but I was. I was the star athlete. And uh, I had a ton of friends. You know what? High school, it was awesome for me. I had a great time in high school. Uh, you know, being that I played sports, being that I had a good year in football in my senior year, uh, I, I got done and I had a college from Amarillo, Texas called West Texas A&M. They came and they gave me a scholarship to play football. Now, it was a small Division II school, uh, but nonetheless, there were only two guys, two athletes total in my class that got a scholarship to play in college, and I was one of them. And it was a huge blessing. And so I graduated, graduated high school. I ventured my way all the way up to Amarillo, Texas to go to West Texas A&M and, um, and start my, my college career in football and maybe go to school a little bit, but mostly football. No, I'm kidding. I went to school too. I made all A's and B's. There you go. All right. <clears throat> so. I go to West Texas A&M. I'm there for five years. While I'm there, we go to the playoffs four years. While I'm there, we win three conference championships. I have three huge rings that are sitting at my house today. You know, um, I sat there. I sat behind some guys for a couple years, and uh, I became the starter, the starting quarterback my junior and senior year. 
Um, as, as a, uh, a starter, my career, my team, uh, with me starting at quarterback, we, uh, over two years, we were 23 and two. 23 games won, two lost. I was a part of one of the most prolific offensive games that has ever happened in college football. D1, D2, D3, I was a part of it. The final score to a game that I played in was 93 to 68. This was not a basketball game. This was a football game. 93 to 68. In that game alone, by the way, we lost, okay? How do you score 68 points and still lose by 25? I don't know. I'm still not happy about it. We need some defense out there. You know what I'm saying? So in this game alone, I threw for 595 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, girls, bear with me. We're going to throw some stats out there. Okay, guys guys like to hear this stuff, all right? Uh, right? There we go. Okay. So I had 595 yards, seven touchdowns. One of my receivers, who's now playing with the Seattle Seahawks, he had 360 yards receiving and five touchdowns. One game. Um, I got to be a part of some amazing things. You see, we were, we were successful as a team. But not only that, I was successful individually. Um, over the two years I was there, I threw for over 9,000 yards. I threw for over 90 touchdowns. And it was because of that, I tell you all this, I give God glory for all of it, but there's a reason I'm telling you this this morning. You see, um, because of all those things, the door to the NFL opened to Keith. The door to the NFL opened to me. A dream that so many guys dream about. It was actually going to possibly become a reality to me. Now I want to stop right there and tell you that at this point in my life, life had been pretty darn good. All right. I had a, a great high school career. I had an even better college career. I met my beautiful wife and got married in college. I mean, life was good, but I had no idea that life was going to get that much better. Coming out of my senior year, like I said, the NFL was open. Sure enough, in the year 2009, um, in the sixth round of the NFL draft, the St. Louis Rams picked me. And I get drafted into the NFL. It was a life-changing experience. It was one of the best moments of my life. I had in the world's eyes, reached the top. I had reached the top level of my sport. So as you can imagine, I'm pretty jacked up, all right? And uh, I get drafted to the Rams, and I start my career in the NFL. Um, I want to share with you guys, if y'all are all right with it, a few stories from the NFL. Are y'all good with that? Okay, all right. So as you can imagine, life in the NFL is about as cool as it gets. All right. Literally, you have everything you would ever want. You have everything you would ever need right at your fingertips, right at your fingertips. You see, when I was playing, I would wake up every morning and I would put on sweats to go to work. Can I get an amen? Man, who doesn't want to put on sweats to go to work or like some shorts and stuff every day, put on some sweats, go to work. I go to my facility where we'd practice. I walk in 
go to the cafeteria where there's two chefs waiting for me and every, every other player. And they're ready to fix me anything I want for breakfast. Right? They got bacon. They got eggs. They got toast and jelly. They got ham and whatever you like. They had it. Um, they had an omelet bar. We could make, they'd make you any omelet you wanted. If you didn't want that, we had a full kitchen with all kinds of fruit and yogurt, like 10 different kinds of cereals. They had cinnamon toast crunch, man. As much as you wanted. Right? Every day we had a coffee machine to make you any coffee you wanted. Our own soda machine. If you wanted a Dr. Pepper at six in the morning, you got it. Everything was right there at our fingertips. I remember walking in one day and this blew my mind. I'm sick. All right. You know, I walk in, I got a little cold, a little congestion, you know, all that mess. And so I go to the training room. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to go to the trainers. They know all about this. Maybe they can find me a doctor that they know. I can go get some medicine, get to feeling better. So I go up to my trainer, tell him, hey, I'm not feeling too good. You guys know of a doctor or anything like that? Keep, a doctor? No, I mean, come here, man. We walk back to another room. They say, well, what's, what's the matter? Oh, I'm, I'm stuffed up. Oh, here you go. They fill me an antibiotic right there in the training room. I didn't have to go to the doctor. I didn't have to go wait in the waiting room for two hours. I got medicine right there. I'm like, who are you guys? All right. How do you just have stuff back there? Whatever you have, it's weird, but I'll take it. All right. I remember one day I was at practice. Uh, my contact fell out of my eye. I'm like, man, how am I going to practice now? A trainer was right there to give me that prescription in that eye. Right after practice, I told him, I said, man, by the way, I've got to go get some more contacts. I'm running out. I'm, don't you go get contacts? No, don't worry. I'll have them for you tomorrow. I show up, boxes of contacts for me. All right? If you don't think that's cool enough, you should have seen the way that we would travel. You know, being in the NFL, you travel to all these different places to play football, right? All these different cities and states. And um, and we traveled in style. Uh, we had our own plane. Um, we uh, So everyone who was on the plane was either a player, a coach, or somebody associated with that team. Pretty cool. Um, this is how it would happen. We'd get done with our walkthrough. We'd shower up, get in our suits, walk out to get on the charter bus. They'd hand you a little envelope with $112 cash for dinner. What? Okay. Then let me ask you this morning. How many of you would say that $112 for one meal is just way, just plenty. It's plenty of money by a show of hands. Okay. Thank you. But for some offensive linemen, it is not. Okay. <laughs> they will eat all $112 worth of food if you give it to them. So, uh, but for me, it was great. I'm going to go to like McDonald's, spend like 10 bucks and pocket that cash. You know what I mean? Uh, but they'd hand us that envelope. We'd go and get on the charter bus. We'd have a police escort all the way to the airport. All right. We wouldn't go into the airport. We'd pull all the way up right onto the tarmac right next to the plane. We'd get off the charter bus and get right on the plane. We didn't go through security there. We didn't go through an airport. We just got right on the plane. Same thing happened when we would land. 
there would be charter buses and a police escort waiting for us. Now, if you don't mind, I want to tell you just a quick fun story here. Um, I'll never forget the day that we landed in Chicago. We're going to, p- the, to play the Chicago Bears. We land, we get in our charter buses, police escort starts, and we get on the interstate, four lanes of traffic, and I mean, it is backed up, all right? I mean, from, I mean, you can't, you look as far as you can, it's backed up. And this, then, then what happened was one of the most awkward moments in my life, okay? I felt so bad. All of a sudden, the police start partying the Red Sea, okay? It's four lanes of traffic. They are not moving. And they just start making a way for us. We have four charter buses. And, I mean, we're going through like, dude, I'm talking like this close. Like as close as I am to her, that's how close our bus was to other cars. Cars are like jerking over into the guardrail. They're going into the other lane. And here we are, four charter buses just going through. And I'm like, I'm sitting by the window and I can imagine what all the people in traffic are thinking, like, who are these cats, right? They just think they can not wait in line, you know, not wait in traffic, go right through. And so I'm like ducking, like, man, I feel so bad. God help them. You know, I just give them patience in this time. But that's how it was. That's how it was in the NFL. Everything you wanted, everything you needed, it was just given to you. It was just catered to you. You see, today, guys, I, uh, I want to tell you all those things. I want to share those, those stories with you because I want you to know that as a, as a man standing up here in front of you today, I've had it all in the world's eyes. I've had it all when it comes to what people think are cool, what people think are, is cool and, and is awesome and would be awesome to have. I've had it. I've had all those things in my life, and I've got to tell you today that none of those things, not one of those things, compare to the one true and living God. None of those things compare, yeah. None of those things compare to the most important person in my life, and that is Jesus Christ. You see, I would not for a second, not for a second would I ever trade in my relationship with God for any of those things. I'd give up all those things in a heartbeat for him. I'd give up all those things in a heartbeat to live a life consecrated and dedicated to him. You see, I got to tell you today, guys, that all those things I told you, the rings, the popularity in high school, the NFL being catered to, those things in and of themselves are absolutely worthless. They have no value. They have nothing about them that is eternal. They have nothing about them that brings true joy to your life, that brings true fulfillment to your life. No, there's only one person that can do that, and it's Jesus. It's him. And nothing else. You know, it reminds me of a story in John chapter 21. Here, Peter, he's hanging out with his dudes, all right? 
and uh, they're just chilling and, uh, you know, sitting around talking. All of a sudden, Peter stands up. He's like, let's go fishing. It's like, I'm going. If you want to go, come with me. All the guys are like, hey, we're bored too. Let's do it. So they all hop in a boat, right? They all hop in a boat and they go fishing all night. This is in John chapter 21. They go fishing all night and they don't catch a single thing. All right. They've been fishing. They've been fishing about that time. Hey, the sun's starting to come up and all of a sudden Jesus is standing on the beach and he shouts out to him. He says, Hey guys, you caught anything? They're like, no, we haven't caught anything. We've been fishing for eight hours and hadn't caught a thing. Well, funny thing is they didn't recognize that it was Jesus on the beach. All right. So Jesus says to him, he's like, all right, then we'll throw your net over the right side of the boat. If you do that, you'll catch something. Shoot, the disciples are like, well, man, we've been fishing all night. Our ways aren't working. Why not listen to this crazy dude on a beach, right? All right, we don't know who he is, but we'll do it. They throw their net over, and sure enough, they catch a boatload of fish. The net fills up so much that they literally cannot drag it up on the boat. And this is where we pick up in John 21, verse 7. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore for they were only about a hundred yards away. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't tore. So here we're in this story, and you see something pretty crazy, right? Our man Peter. This dude's out of his mind. Like, what, what has gotten in to Peter? All right? He puts on his clothes and then jumps in the water, one. Who does that, right? You're supposed to put, take off your clothes and jump in the water. Not all your clothes, but put on a bathing suit. Anyway, moving on. Um, this is not the point of the message. He's acting crazy, though. He hears from one of his friends, hey, that's the Lord. That's Jesus. And without a second thought, he leaves the boat, jumps out, and swims to Jesus. You see, I don't know if you get this or not, but Peter was a fisherman. And he had been fishing all night, and he hadn't caught one fish. And in a, in a moment, he fills a whole net up. It's so heavy, you can't even drag it onto the boat. It's probably the biggest catch he's ever had in his whole life. But he doesn't even think about that. He just jumps out of the boat and swims towards Jesus. So I got to ask the question, what has got in to Peter? How, why is he acting like this? I'll tell you why he's acting like this. I'll tell you what's gotten into Peter. Jesus. Jesus has. You see, Peter didn't care what he was going to leave behind. He didn't care about the 153 fish. He didn't care about his boat. All he cared about was there's Jesus. I've got to get to him as fast as I can. 
I've got to pursue him and just, and just get to him and talk to him. I don't care about all the things I might be missing out on. I don't care that I caught 153 fish and I can be eating like a king for a week. That I could take some of those fish and go sell them and make some cash. Peter didn't think any of those things. All he cared about was Jesus. All he saw was him. And he couldn't contain himself. He had to jump out of the boat and get to him as quick as he could. I want to ask you today, do you have that passion for him? Do you have that kind of dedication to him? My question to you today is, will you jump out of the boat? Will you jump out of the boat and not worry about all the things you might miss out on? Will you pursue Jesus with all your life and not care what your friends are doing? Because you know that he is worth it. You see, Peter, he knew Jesus was worth it. He knew if he got to him, he wouldn't be missing out on anything. Because he was with the son of God. He was with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was with the best person that has ever walked the face of the earth. He was with him. You see, Peter knew he was worth it. Peter knew God was better. And so I want to ask you the question today, is God better? Do you really think that God is better? Is he worth jumping out of the boat for? What will you jump out of today? What will you leave behind? Will you leave behind a a life that you knew before, that you're comfortable in, and say, you know what? I'm going to jump out and follow him. Will you leave behind the thought and the worry that you're going to miss out and just pursue God with all that you are? You see, I made that decision 11 years ago. I made the decision to jump out of the boat. I made the decision to follow God and consecrate and dedicate my life to him. And you know what's crazy? I made it at this place, Desperation Conference in 2003. You see, guys, I had a moment here that changed my life forever. I experienced God in a way that I'd never experienced him before. And I told God when I was here, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go be a missionary in Africa. I'll bag groceries at Walmart. I'll be a youth pastor if you want me to. Whatever it is you want me to do, I want to do it because you're better. You're worth it. God, I'll do it. Will you make that decision today? Will you make that decision to dedicate your life to him? You see, there's nobody that can love like Jesus loves. There's nobody that can care like Jesus cares. There's nobody that can forgive you like Jesus can. There's nobody else that bore your sins on that cross. There's nobody else that gives you eternity in heaven. There's nobody else that's better. There's nobody else that's cooler than him. 
It's Jesus. Amen. You see, I got to say this. Professional athletes and famous actors, they all drive around in Range Rovers and Mercedes Benz. But you know what? Jesus is going to come back riding on the clouds of heaven. Usain Bolt ran a 9-6, 100-meter dash. Jesus walked on water. LeBron James is supposed to be the best basketball player in the world. And he has the nickname King James. But I got to tell you, there's only one true king. And he's the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. And his name is Jesus. Give him a shout this morning. He's worthy. I want you to leave here today with one thing. He's worth it. He's worth a life. Oh, he's so worth a life dedicated to him. He is so worth it. I want to end today with this. I want to let you know that living a life consecrated and dedicated to him, it doesn't mean that you have to be the perfect Christian. It doesn't mean that you can't mess up. It doesn't mean that you have to just do everything perfect and, and, uh, and live this life that is just so crazy hard. No, it doesn't mean that. All it means is that you're willing to jump out of the boat. You're willing just to say to God, yeah, you're better. I love you more than anything else. Of course I want to dedicate my life to you. Of course I want to make right decisions for you. Of course I want to live for you because you love me that much and you're the best and you're the best. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty bold kind of guy. And if you can't tell, and, uh, and so I want to give you the opportunity this morning to do exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you're here today and you've had that thought, man, what about all the stuff I'm going to miss? What about the stuff I'm going to miss out on? What about all my, what all my friends get to do? I mean, what are my friends going to say? What are my parents going to say if I live a life that's really dedicated to him? I'm here to tell you today it's worth it. And I'm going to give you one chance right now to make that decision. All the decision is this. You're willing to jump out of the boat for him. I'm going to give you the count of three. If you want to dedicate your life to God today, you've never done it. You want to say, I'm consecrated to you, that you're worth it. I want you to stand up. One, two, three. Give him a shout. Clap your hands. Stay standing, please. Stay standing, please. I want you to know today I see you. I want you to know today God sees you. And he sees your heart. And he sees that you're telling him today, God, you're worth it. Jesus, you're better. And I'm willing to jump out of the boat. I want to pray over you today. If you're sitting down, if you want to stretch out a hand towards somebody that's near you, join me in in just uh, in agreement. I want to pray over everyone standing up today. Father, we thank you so much for this time. 
I thank you so much for these kids that have stood up and they've stood up for the better one. They've stood up for the one who is worth them standing. They've stood up for you, God. I pray that you would see that today. I thank you that you see it. And so God, right now, I just declare strength in their body. I declare strength in their soul, strength in their spirit, man, to live a life consecrated to you. God, I pray that they would grow in their love for you, that they would just pursue Jesus with all of their heart. And I thank you that that if they do that, God, everything else will fall in place. The right choices will happen. The right living, it will happen. Because they just love you. And they just want to pursue you. God, thank you for them. I pray that you'd bless them. Continue to speak to them in this conference. And I pray that they'd go back world changers in their school. And they'd live a life consecrated to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Give them one more hand. You may be seated. Well, praise God. That's all I have for you today. I'm going to end you with one of my favorite jokes. Are you ready? Have you guys uh, heard about the circus that's going to be in town? It's going to be intense. Thank you so much. God bless you. I love you.